Cool. What a good, whoever scheduled this, the scheduling of this was absolutely perfect. It could not have been any better. We've gone from probably one of our most, uh, how would you describe, how would you describe Miss Horvath? I got damaged yesterday, Adam. Damaged, damaged. What do you mean damaged? Damaged. Well, we had, we, we just, we had a guest that just, just whooped my ass. Just like. But I got so many positive remarks, feedback yesterday. It's really loud. I can't hear someone. I can't hear someone. Adam, do you have a blow? Are you in a room? Is your wife blow drying your hair in that room? Oh, never mind. There it goes. All better. Yeah, we did. Do you know who Laura Horvat is? She's a CrossFit Games uh, athlete. She's fit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Same, same girl. We had her on yesterday, and I guess I had heard that she she didn't do she doesn't really do podcasts. I guess that that was like, you know, I guess that was a special. I guess we got lucky to get her on, right? It's the only one she's done since the games. And uh, now I know why. I, I mean, I know. Like, I figured oh, it out. She, just, tracked, she, she beats tracked. up on the host, huh? Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. But in this case, people love it when the guest beats up on the host. So it worked out. Probably, probably your most popular episode yet. I prefer someone to come on here and tell me how great I am. And they've been listening to me since day one. I mean, she's like, I did not want to do your podcast. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, how about have, Ben? How about Ben Smith, your coach? Do you think he'd want to come on? No, he would not want to come on this show either. I'm like, oh, all right. And then it was just fucking. It was great. It was great. There was it, it was, a little, I, it was uh, there was there was some hugging, but a lot of you jabs. I guess it was like a boxing match. Sometimes you hug, sometimes you jab. Sounds like sounds like great entertainment. Adam, would you pronounce your last name for me? Knifer. Are you sure we're live? No, I have no idea. Oh, no, not you. Sorry, that was for Ryan. <laughs> I like it, but you can answer for Ryan. Adam. Adam, can you pronounce Justin's last name? Madaris. Oh. How come no one knew this until halfway through this game season? For the last two years, everyone's been saying it wrong, and no one, no one knew. You know, uh... Shoot, a lot of people didn't know him before last year. So, I mean, when you read it, you think Madero's, but uh, right. now people are starting to know. And he doesn't correct anyone either. No, I think it's one of those things he's been used to his whole life. So it doesn't like bother him one way or another. But I think he appreciates the fact that people know how to pronounce it now. And you're, and you're Adam Neifer. Uh, <laughs> Neifer. Knifer, Jesus Christ! How am I going to remember? That? I better just—I'm going to draw a picture of a knife on my. There you go. Knifer, that's his last name. Knifer, like knife. Can you show yeah. us all what a picture of a knife looks like? No. When you draw it. No. No. <laughs> Adam Knifer has competed in the CrossFit Games for the first time in 2000. If you're looking on the game site, that's probably going to be inaccurate. I am not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just talking slow so you can make me sound smart. You could jump in. This could be like ad-libs. We can show Adam how well we work together if you want, Brian. No, actually, this is tough. It's difficult to track the team rosters going back unless you were around back then and you were accurately keeping up with them as you go, which as far as I know, there's only one person who has that information. So Adam can tell us how many times he's been 
competing at the games and when he started, but the game site most likely cannot. Adam Neifer has been competing at the CrossFit Games since 2009. Guess? Yeah. I knew it. I knew 2009. it. 2009. Yeah. And, and Adam has been around CrossFit so long that when I was talking to him recently, I asked for his phone number. And then when I punched into my phone, I had seen that we had exchanged text messages <laughs> in a previous lifetime. It's been a while. That we were already friends and I had forgotten. And then now we were rekindling. Yep. Yep. Has that ever happened to you? That's so weird when I go into like my, I punch your name into my phone and I'm like, holy shit. Like I have a relationship with this guy and I'm asking him for his phone number. No, it it makes me feel terrible. It It should not make you feel terrible. It should not make, I don't even know my kids' birthdays. No, not not the fact that you you forgot, but like when that happens to me, where like oh, I, I I'm like, hey, can I get your phone number? And I plug it in, and it's like it comes up, and I'm like, oh man, I feel like a jerk. It's it's yeah, don't. That's just age. That's just we're just <laughs> we're just climbing up up the ranks. No, I appreciate that. So so you were at the you competed in the games at Aromas, right? Yeah, yeah. There there wasn't um, a team competition there though. That was individual. There was no, that was yeah. 09 was the first kind of like, uh, I guess, affiliate cup year. Wow. You guys, I mean, I've always told you guys how lame team competition and masters is, but this really is the icing on the cake. This guy may have been to more CrossFit games than just about anyone alive. And now finally he's getting a little love and attention because he's just in Madero. How do you say his name? Madero's Madero's coach. Madero's coach. Unbelievable! The disrespect for the team competition. No, it's not. It's it's a. Uh, I mean, the team competition, and back then too, especially like no, nobody did it for the, you know, for the recognition or for the sponsorships or any of that stuff at all. It's just like we just did it because it was fun. You know what I mean? Working out with your friends and you get to do it at the CrossFit Games. Uh, it's just a good time. And you still don't. What's that? You still don't do it for the recognition or the fame. hundred percent. Yeah. I spent a couple hours like watching your interviews yesterday and, and trying to find what little I can about you on your Instagram. He has so few posts. You think he hates social media <laughs> and uh, there's like, no, you know, what's interesting too is he, on, on one end, Madeiras has someone like you who's just so old school, right? In terms of that, like belief and then on the other hand he's got someone like matt fraser and like like matt won't take a picture next to like a motorcycle unless that company's sponsoring him i mean he is like you know what i mean like he doesn't want anyone to see his iphone until apple gives him a sponsorship i mean that guy is just i mean he is he he has a plan right like this plan is just to make him money and so he can like retire and just ride off into the sunset but then you got a good old boy like you on the other end, but still in Madaris's camp, who's just like, let's work out. Yeah, man. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, that, that's interesting about Matt, though. I, I got to spend some time with him for the first time this year. And, uh, man, it was it was awesome. It was just like, uh, I get that perception of him, and you know Matt a lot better than I do probably. But when he invited us out to spend four days in Vermont before the games, it was literally just like he was there just helping Justin, just like, um, you know, watching Justin work out, visiting with me, providing tips and, and stuff here and there. But like, it never felt like anything 
businessy or, or, or something like that. He didn't have you sign the waiver and pay the $22 entry fee when you walked into his gym? <laughs> no, man. Honestly, his gym was like getting set up and he was he was putting up shelving to put like his dumbbells on the rack and stuff like that. So I'm joking about the $22 fee, but Matt runs a tight ship. I'm actually surprised he didn't have you sign a waiver. <laughs> yeah. So you went out there for four days. T- tell me about this affiliate you own. Why did you open an affiliate? You, you own CrossFit Fort Vancouver. Is that in Washington yeah. State? Yep. Yes, sir. That's right across the river from um, that shithole that I call some people call Portland. It's right across the river. And people, yeah. I'm not saying that like to be mean. That's a uh, objective truth. Portland is a shithole, full of zombies. Sorry if you like that town, but I spent a <laughs> lot of time that way. No, it wasn't. It was amazing 10 years ago. Amazing. A place for entrepreneurship, a place where young people could get ahead in the world. Uh, tons of arts and craftsy, cool, liberal stuff. Good energy for the liberal folk. Good pizzas, good music, good everything. And now it's just turned into a... Sorry. So you're, But I've heard amazing shit about Vancouver, Washington. Amazing. And and and, I, and we have a mutual friend who probably lives there too, the Alvarezes. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, wait. Does Alvarez she come in and work Al- out Alvarez. in your gym? Alvarez. Alvarez, yeah. Miranda, Miranda, and Julian. I may be saying oh, yeah. their last name wrong. <laughs> Brian could probably help us. Savan, do you know that usually in the comments there's like an over under on number of mispronunciations you'll have in an episode? Oh, like a betting thing? Yeah, everyone always uh, takes the over. What does that mean? Does that mean they think I'm going to make more mis-, mis... Hey, we have Adam Neifer on. Let's not make this about me. Adam Neifer. Well, well done. Neifer. Um, so so is, is it that same Vancouver? That's the Vancouver? You're in that same town? Is yeah. Miranda and Julian? Yeah, we are. Do you ever, do you ever see them? Uh, occasionally. Uh, a little bit more when they first moved up. Um, but we do... Uh, yeah, we do have mutual friends that we see from time to time. And... Uh, yeah, not not like a, like daily or anything like that, but yeah, we're in the same the same uh, locale, and uh, right across the river from Portland. We, uh, yeah, I think back to your question about opening the gym. I was fighting fire. I was doing wildland fire, um, like I don't know, pretty much oh four through oh nine, and uh, started CrossFit during that time as well. And um, man, just saw how impactful uh, doing CrossFit was for our crew of wildland firefighters. We had 20, 20 folks on the crew. And when, when they started doing CrossFit, it was like a game changer for our job. Like we all, we all got better at our job, which is super physically demanding. Um, pretty much just hiking around with chainsaws and, and tools and, uh, working in the woods. And when the crew started CrossFit, like I said, it, uh, it just, it made us better at our jobs physically. We, uh, we became a much stronger team and, and I love that. So in the off season, I started coaching CrossFit and uh the more i did that the more i realized like whoa the impact that i can make through this is uh far greater than even what i was doing fighting fire and so um sometime around 2008 decided hey it's a uh, this is something i want to do and uh at the time there there was a crossroad gym in portland but nothing going on in vancouver and this is where i lived so uh it just made sense tell me about wildland fire what does that mean wildland fire so like uh you know, like forest fire type of stuff. Um, not, not structure fire, not like a city municipal department, but, um, you know, fires that are out in the woods. 
do you guys have like a station? Do you guys sleep somewhere and then like you go down a pole and the Dalmatian and you guys go fight the fire? <laughs> no, not yeah. at all. Uh, the crew I was on is it's called a hotshot crew, and it's uh it's twenty individuals that each have a very specific job or task within the team. And um, typically our season would start in about May, and we would just travel travel the country. It's a national resource, so we're not really um, tied down to one area. Typically, we'd start in like uh, the Southwest, like Arizona, or, um, sometimes in Alaska, the season would kick off up there. And then we would just kind of follow the fire season, wherever it would go. And our schedule is usually like 14 days on and two days off, uh, throughout the whole summer months. And then there's an off season once winter comes. Ryan, can you pull up a picture of like when you Google hotshot fire, people who don't live in the United States, this is a job, like there's things you, 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 if you're a parent, you don't want your kids to do. You don't want them to be drug dealers and you don't want them to be hotshot uh, firefighters. This is some scary shit. Of course, of course. This a hot is a uh, hero workout. Yeah, yeah, hotshot's 19. You know, Adam, I was, I, I was, I don't know why I didn't put it together. When I was on your Instagram last night, Boy, it's, it's it's even emotional thinking about that shit. Um, I was on your Instagram last night, and you you had taken your kids to watch them, uh, re- guys repel off of helicopters. Oh yeah. And it's just crazy f- to think that twenty guys or five guys or even a hundred guys, little tiny human beings, you know, young men with fucking axes, can do anything to stop a fire, right? It's nuts. Like it's just this massive wall of flames and you guys are supposed to go in there with like no water and like dig some sort of trough that stops like this force of nature. I mean, it's, it's nuts. Yeah. I mean, it It doesn't even make uh, sense to those of us who don't understand the physics, I guess, of fire. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. But there's like a, I mean, it's like anything The the professionals that are out there working every day, like they're really, really good at their jobs. And, you know, there's not a, they don't go out there and, you know, try to attack a 50 foot wall of flames. Um, if it's a, we call it like direct or indirect attack. And basically if the, if the fire length is like four feet or less, you can, you can be right on an indirect attack. If it's, if it's a big wall of flames, you're like, uh, kind of pulling back and creating a bigger box and, uh, usually like back burning and, eliminating the fuel between where the fire is at right now and where you want to box it in. How long did you do that? Uh, I did, I did five seasons. It's crazy too. It's like, you don't stay at a firehouse. You chase the fire. Um, you basically and, and, live in like a bread truck. You just drive around with your friends and it's, I mean, it's, it's the best. <laughs> it's like an ideal job when you're like 20 years old, 22 years old. And, uh, you just get to drive around the country with your buddies and, uh, you know, you'd be out on the, on the side of a mountain in the middle of nowhere that nobody would ever go. And you're just having lunch with your best friends. And it's like, man, this is, it, it's a pretty cool job. Yeah. You, you probably see a lot of cool shit. Did, did your, did your parents, um, what did your mom and dad think when you told them you were doing that? Uh, they loved it. My, both my mom and dad also worked for the forest service when they were, uh, younger as well. And so, uh, they did, I did, both my brothers did. So it's just kind of like something our whole family has done. And you're retired now. Am I retired? That? Yeah. From firefighting, <laughs> from any of that stuff. 
yeah, yeah. I'm not, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't work for Forest Service or do any firefighting anymore. Were there any old guys? Were there any like, by old guys, I mean guys like 60, 50? Yeah, yeah. 49? We had, we, actually, on my crew, we had the, like the oldest hotshot in history. He was like 62 years old. He's a legend, Ron Whitwell. <laughs> Ron <laughs> Whitwell. Yeah, he had you been doing it for years. Souza, let's get him on the show. Let's get him on the show. Did he do, did he do CrossFit? If you um you know what? He's one of those guys that just he worked out for years and years and whether he knew it or not, he was doing uh, a lot of the similar things that we did in CrossFit and when we started doing CrossFit on the crew, he was all in. He was like this is mind-blowing. This is amazing. And so um yeah, absolutely. And he'd been doing that for decades at that point. He had. He hadn't been necessarily on a hotshot crew for decades, but he had been uh, just one of those jack of all trades that had kind of done everything. A lot of people don't know this, but Greg Glassman actually didn't invent CrossFit. It was Ron Whitwell, and uh, they and, and Greg stole everything he knows oh, from, man. from Ron Whitwell. I mean, shit. Let's just be honest. It's, it's he, possible. The reason he'd be a good guest is because you can pronounce his name right. Right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> this dude also. Uh, could probably be a nutritionist. He could he could like cook a meatloaf and put it on put it under his bed and and come back two weeks later and eat it and be just fine. <laughs> wow, he was really he did stuff like that. He was all oh, gritty. Yeah. Oh yeah, man, just the salty old yeah 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 stuff. Your mom would tell you if you ate that meatloaf, you'd die. But this yeah. guy, that's how he cooks it. No, you guys have uh, do you guys have like any unique or cool encounters with wildlife? Uh. My first time that I went to Alaska, a lot of people don't know, but Alaska has a lot of, a lot of uh, wildfires every year. Um, and typically the more acreage burns up there than anywhere else, um, in the country. Uh, but they're just, it's so remote that you just don't hear about it. Um, but the first time that our crew went to Alaska, we, uh, we were like, I think we were in like a Black Hawk helicopter with skis on it. And we went and like landed in a meadow and immediately we got out. And we're hiking toward this fire and there's like a moose and a baby moose that ran across the meadow and a bear that walked around us. Um, yeah, stuff like that. My, my superintendent, yeah, yeah. My superintendent would walk out of the woods with like a baby spotted owl. Uh, he was kind of a ninja. He'd do stuff like that. Um, but yeah. So teaming with life, teaming with life. Yeah. Heck yeah. You know, I went to, I went to Antarctica and I, uh, for a movie shoot and I was there for a couple of weeks and I was, could not believe the amount of wildlife. It was like, I pictured it just to be like a desert, right? And like, just not see anything. It's, it's crazy. There's like everything. Penguins, one polar bear. All that's just everything. Polar bears and uh, not polar bear. I didn't see any polar bears, but tons of penguins, tons of birds, tons of like creatures just in the sea, tons of whales. I mean, it was nuts. It was absolutely nuts. It was like, did you ever have a fish tank, Adam? have one right now you do and um is it do you have it because of your two daughters yeah and do you do like the like the monthly trip to the store where they pick out a fish or something um we're actually on a streak where our current fish has been alive for like probably like more than six months which is kind of a record for us wow yeah yeah well, my, as a kid, I would just put too many fish in the fish tank. It would be like every month I'd be like, Mom, can we go by and I just pick out another fish? And you know how like, there's the rule like you're not supposed to have – if you put the fish from tail to nose and line them up, they're not supposed to be more fish than the length of the fish tank or something. Do you know oh, that rule? I didn't know that rule, but it makes now sense. everyone knows it, yeah. But but I would – I could circle the tank like 30 times, and it would be just – and that's the way Antarctica was. I, I'm like, Jesus, 
God, there's too many fish in this fish tank. You're fucking <laughs> up. You're really messing up here. So, yeah, sounds like you got an over, overpopulated fish tank. But Antarctica sounds awesome. Oh, it was great. Good getting there is horrible, horrible. I imagine. Horrible. I was in a in a in a in a Russian icebreaker. It's this big like boat. It's like seven stories tall. Or maybe it was like thirteen stories tall. And I was on the seventh floor. I can't remember. But basically for four days it's just going from left to right in this massive storm as we crossed Drake's passage. And it was so bad. I lost so much weight. I basically just didn't eat for four days. It was did nuts. You throw, did you throw up a lot? No, did I was on crazy, sick? crazy meds. Oh, crazy meds it was weird it was like you know you're super seasick but you still don't get sick mm. i mean literally you just roll and hit the wall when you sleep on one side and then three seconds later the boat turns on its side on the other side and you roll and hit the wall and all night is like that you just bang you sleep while you're getting banged while you're rolling it's nuts <laughs> it's, it's it's bizarre the windows in the side of the boat would go into the water because it would turn on its side like that wow yeah, yeah that, was, that doesn't sound that fun. It almost sounds better to get seasick than to feel like you're super sick, but just all medicated up. And you would see nutty shit like you would go up to the deck and there'd be people like bringing food out and and it would be someone like holding a platter on their hand. But it would it, you would think you're watching like some um, vaudeville circus performance because they'd be holding something with all the food on it. And then when the boat would turn on its side, the person because they were so good would just like. They would have like ankle flexibility that was crazy and they would be like sideways to the deck, right? While they're still holding the food up. And then as the boat stood back up, they they changed their body angle so that the food wouldn't spill off the platter. Can you kind of picture that? Yeah, I, I, just, I picture a cartoon. Yes, it was like a cartoon. I couldn't even walk and they're holding a platter full of drinks and it was nuts. <laughs> Okay, so so how did you guys find um, CrossFit? If you, It sounds like you were um, got in early, 2004. Yeah, 2005 uh, is when I started doing CrossFit. Yeah. This is where Laura Horvath would be like, uh, none of your business. I do not want to talk about my origins of CrossFit. Next question. Oh, oh, um, uh, so, um, to th- and how did you find it? Did someone else on the team do it? No, my brother. My brother Jake was like, hey, man, uh, you should you should check out this thing, CrossFit.com. And I had actually – I had been playing football in college at the same time and uh, – I, di- I actually didn't like working out at all. I, I worked out all the time just because I felt the value of it making me better for my sport. And so we, you know, I just showed up and did what was on the, uh, the programming that we were supposed to do. And when I got done with that, I was like, man, I, I don't have to go to the weight room. I don't have to go work out. And, uh, and I was just kind of like confused or lost. Cause I went into the place that I had been going into every day for four years with not really any sort of, uh, a plan. And my brother was like, hey, check out CrossFit.com. And I did that. And, uh, you know, the rest is history, as they say. Kind of this, probably a similar story to a lot of people. How did he find it? Sorry, I got a little lost in that story. No, my brother Jake was uh, – he, he's just kind of like one of those people that uh, likes to research and kind of do his own uh, exploration. And he, he, ran, he stumbled across it on the internet back, yeah, pretty early on. He didn't have someone that introduced it to him, but I, he's the person that introduced it to me. Wow. So he found CrossFit.com. And when he found it, there were like no, that, I mean, that's early. There were no pictures on the site. There was no video. I mean, that, I mean, I remember even in 2006, it was sparse. Yeah. There, there was a picture. There was a picture on the, on the website every day and a workout. And then there was 
I think the I think that the uh, the community that was doing CrossFit.com was kind of like an affiliate in the sense that like there just weren't that many people doing it, and so you'd kind of follow similar people. Um, Cause just I, to, just to the comments. Yeah. Oh right, right. I was wondering because I think one of the first like five or ten affiliates ever was in Washington State. I think it was maybe Curtis Bowler's affiliate. Yeah, Rainier CrossFit. I think but, they were the eighth affiliate, and now. They, uh, I think they're the oldest like active affiliate that still exists. Yep. And how long was it before you uh, came across them? Uh, so the first affiliate that I came across was CrossFit Portland. Um, and yeah, I just started popping in there when I could kind of in the off season, the fire season, um, learning from the coach. There's a coach there named Scott Hagnes, and he was the first CrossFit affiliate owner that I met. And then, yeah, I, I want to say we met Curtis Bowler and his wife, Lori, pretty early on, probably in 2009 or 10, right around there too. Um, so you guys had already aff- affiliated by then? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Probably right around the same time. For people who don't know, there was a time, and this is when Adam came on the scene, basically, and, and everyone knew this in the community, there were two types of CrossFitters. There was people who used CrossFit to basically make sure that they didn't die at work. And there were those of us who did it because we wanted to be cool like them. What do I mean by that? There were, basically, CrossFit was primarily used or the the most vocal community that used CrossFit was first responders. It was people who were like in Adam Neifer's line of work or in Dave Castro's line of work uh, as a SEAL. It was basically people whose fit life depended on their fitness. And without any advertising or marketing, people quickly realized that for general physical preparedness, there was nothing better on the planet than CrossFit. And and people just embraced it, and it spread like wildfire. When Adam um, uh, started CrossFit, I think that, you know there was like – I think Greg did all the seminars and all the lectures himself, and basically there was maybe like one seminar a month, if that, and it was just on demand. And uh, boy, he is such an early adopter. I I want to say in t- when I came on the scene in 2006, there were 300 gyms. I think the first one was like up north, Rob Wolf's gym, and that was like in 2003 or four. I mean, no, that was uh, it was uh, Dave Warner. Oh, yeah. Dave Warner, yeah, 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 yeah up in Seattle. Okay, yep, okay. Yep. And t- he actually hosted a competition. My first experience competing in CrossFit was. Uh, Dave Warner started uh, an event called the CrossFit Championships, um, and this predated the CrossFit Games. And I know that um, Greg had brought up some of the athletes from Santa Cruz and um, taken them up to Seattle to compete in, you know, Dave's first kind of iteration of the CrossFit Games being uh, what he called the CrossFit Championships. What I year was that? Um, so I don't know the first year that they did the CrossFit Championships. The first year I did it was in 2008. Do we want to talk about this? This sounds like blasphemy, Brian. He's giving, a, he's sharing CrossFit Games knowledge with me. We're the fucking experts, and this guy's like trying to predate us, rewrite history here. I okay. mean, shoot, it happened. I love it. I love it. I never heard of the CrossFit Championships and <laughs> the CrossFit Championships. Yeah, yeah and was, I wonder uh, if there's was, any like pictures or footage. From what? Tell me what year. It was, so the first year you went was 2008, but you're claiming that it happened before 2007, which were the official CrossFit Games. Yep. Happened. Wow. Yeah. I, How I did you place? Great. In 2008, I won. You were the CrossFit uh, Games champion at the CrossFit Games Championships. Fuck, I knew Kalipa didn't win. I knew it. <laughs> no, so that was the year that you could just go to the CrossFit Games. And the championships were in like 
I want to say like May, it was before we got busy in our fire season. And so um, I could go participate. And then I would have loved to have gone to the CrossFit Games, but like I was fighting fire at the time and just didn't have the option to get, you know, I would have had to take a significant amount of time off work just because, you know, the nature of our work is once, once you go out on a roll or an assignment, you're gone for a long period of time. And so it, it wasn't really an option for me then, but, uh, but I remember following along with it as best I could when I got back. Are are you still friends with Dave Warner? Uh, like do you see him? I no, I don't see him. Uh, I, he doesn't still have his affiliate, the original CrossFit North. He changed to CrossFit Seattle. Um, but man, if I saw, him, I would love to see him. Yeah. Yeah. I heard he drives a tugboat now. Yeah. could be. I don't know. Yeah. That sounds like a crazy job. Yeah. He seems like the type of guy that could pretty much do anything. Smart dude. Yeah. I, I would see him around events, but he didn't talk a lot, right? He was pretty quiet. Yeah. Yeah. I probably met him like 20 times, but I don't think we exchanged six words. Okay. He was right. very, very, very stoic, but yeah, he, what an OG. And now you're saying he had the original CrossFit championships. I would, next time I talk to Dave, I'm going to ask him that. I yeah. Hope it, that'd I hope be a great it pisses question. him off. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't know what that's all about. But do you know what? Yeah. Do you know what athletes Greg took up there? Was it like Annie and Greg Amundsen and Nicole Carroll? Like who went up there? So I, I wasn't. I wasn't there at that time. So I don't. I don't know. I, uh, the the names that I heard were just hearsay, and I do remember him mentioning Amundsen. But uh, that'd be a great question for him. Yeah. Have we, we? I don't think I've had Amundsen. Not not since you restarted again, but you did have him on in like 2017. I think. On this podcast, yeah. Yeah, there's some there's some CrossFit history there if you really want to get into it, huh? Yeah. Well, I, Adam, I did a, a list before the games of like the ten best CrossFitters of all time, but we had to be specific in our definitions. Like, I, I was like, hmm, do I consider a guy like Greg Amundsen, like the forefront first fire breather type guy? But we decided it was yeah. just going to be more, you know, a little bit more based on actual competition criteria. Otherwise, it gets into okay. a lot of gray area. Yeah, yeah, sure. Sure. But I mean, that's, that's when I started, I mean, it was like, oh yeah, videos of him. And, and like you said, Annie and Josh Everett and those guys were like, yeah, these guys, this is, this is what it's all about. God, wasn't that amazing? You'd go to yeah, the website yeah. at five o'clock and there would be Josh Everett, like doing a snatch and you'd be like, holy shit. Probably a split snatch. Something crazy. Yeah. I mean, at the time I didn't even know what that was when they had snatches on the main page. I'd be like, oh man, I better sub that out. I better find something I know how to do. <laughs> How many podcasts have you been on since Madaris? Justin Madaris, is that the boy's name? Yeah, you got it. How many since he's become the fittest man alive? Oh, man, I I think this is the first one. Yeah, I think I maybe I have a couple scheduled. Um and maybe I did a couple before that, but yeah, this is the first one since the games. Savan, hold on. Before you go on, I want to Yeah, you, you go you, ahead. And I, I wanted to ask Adam this because... Wait, you're ruining the flow of this show, Brian. I have this whole schedule of things in the order we're going to talk about, and now you fucked it all up. <laughs> it it no, feels just... like it's yeah, very structured. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shoot, I forgot about the script. <laughs> we're on the agenda. <laughs> Stick to the plan. Oh, now, that's something Laura Horvath would have said yesterday, but she wouldn't have laughed. See, like you're, you're laughing, like making it funny. She'd be like, this show has no structure. I quit. Go on, go on, Brian. Maybe it's Jesus. just the accent. Maybe. maybe oh, the dude, accent. no, no, no. She hated us, but I'm, we're gonna get her back on. 
Oh, okay. Um, you Seven, you call Justin the fittest man alive, but when Dave Castro announced him at the games, he did not say that, and I thought it was very strange. He called him and announced him as the new male champion. And I, Adam, I was wondering if you guys noticed that at all, because for me, that was offensive. You train for the, to compete at the CrossFit Games, you train to be called the fittest man on earth. And every, I, I haven't gone back and looked at every other announcement, but I never remember him not saying the fittest man on earth until this year. We announced him as new male champion, and that didn't sit well with me. Man, I never noticed. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I had no idea, honestly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, well, I would I, like. To, I, I'm supporting Stefan's claim that he's the fittest on earth because he's a, of all the guys who competed in the CrossFit game season and showed up. He was the win- champion, and that's no. That's that's because time. Dave knows that Rich Froning's the fittest man alive, <laughs> and that uh, he we, knows that, huh? And and that Justin Medeiros is just the CrossFit Games champion. Oh yeah, he didn't even call him the CrossFit Games champion. He just called him the new sure. male champion. I thought it was very strange. Do, uh, that do what he, that's what he said. The new male champion. Mm-hmm. Is that yeah. true, Ryan? Do do you, is, do you, is that true? Ryan's like biting skin off his hand. That's like I haven't seen anyone do that since 2008. When John, I don't know if you guys can see Ryan. We can see Ryan. John Wellborn did that in the 2008 documentary. Every second counts. It's a great scene where he just bites a chunk of skin right off his hand. Uh, Brian, do you know, does that sound right to you? But I'm just struggling with. I need someone to tell me that Brian's wrong. Okay, awesome. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's just semantics, right? It's like, eh, I I really couldn't care less. I don't know if it, it was for something that Dave. I, I'm guessing he was just like, hey, we've had a male champion for a long time. This is our new male champion. And uh, that that was probably about it. But I'm uh, either way, Justin won the CrossFit Games, and you can't really argue with that. You call really call it whatever you want, though. You really can't argue with it either. Like if if let's say uh, let's say he would have won, but Velner would have beat him in that last competition, then you the last event. Yeah, that last event. J- just the way Justin did it. I always thought that whoever won the games this year, there would be this like, well, Matt, it's because Matt's not here. But the way Justin did it, three, two, one, and the last three workouts was kind of like, I mean, he he really put the hammer down. He re- he took the air out of the room in that discussion. I think, I, I think that if you were to ask nine out of ten people, let's ask Brian. Just put Brian in the spot. Brian, do, um, do you think ju- if Matt would have made a run for it this year that he could have beat Justin? Yes. Oh, but I, right. but there is, Never mind. There is kind of this cool thing. <laughs> I thought Justin. I thought Justin acted like a champion. I I think he. I don't know. That's like not champion. taking anything away away from Justin and Justin's championship. Cal, uh, I agree. And performance, but there was. I was. Uh, I've been working on something, and I came across a little statistic that I thought was fun. Um, most people will know if they were paying attention to the games this year that Justin placed fifteenth or better in every you know, every event. That was his worst event finish. Was fifteenth. And it was yeah. on a pretty specialized event with very small margins in the 550-yard run. But that that's kind of relevant for what I'm going to no, say. No, no, it was in the uh, it was in the muscle up event. Oh, that was in the muscle up event. Sorry, yeah, yeah. my fault. Mm-hmm. Um, but that uh, of all the five years that Fraser won, there was only one. Well, 2020 we can't really count because there weren't enough competitors to make a meaningful yeah, a comparison. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but only once did he have a pedigree that was that was better than that. 
That was 2018 where his worst event finish was 11th, which I think was on the marathon row. Otherwise, he always, in all the other years, had at least one finish that was worse than 15th. So this performance by Justin this year in terms of consistency over all the events, even though he didn't have a ton of event wins, he didn't have a, a bad performance. And that, you know, as, as people know who follow the sport, is what's demanded and required if you're going to win the CrossFit Games. Yeah, no, 100%. And I think the the... I mean, the conversations of comparisons uh, that always go on are like, they're fun to do or whatnot. But, um, but you know, Matt, Matt Fraser's five championships in a row, like is, has uh, nobody else has, has done that. Right. And so had he wanted to, could he have gone for another one? Absolutely. And could he have done it? Maybe he wins it. Maybe he doesn't, but he chose not to. Right. And same thing for Justin. If, if Matt was there, would Justin have not won the games? Possibly. Would Justin have won the games? Who knows? But Matt wasn't there, and he did win the games. He beat everybody in the field. And uh, so I, I think that the that Justin's accomplishment doesn't need to be, um, you know, questioned just because Matt wasn't there. And same thing with, with Matt's. Like, but but it could have been questioned. I, I almost agree. I ninety nine percent agree with you on that. But because I just like talking about it. But also, it could have been questioned if if it, it. I mean, if Justin hadn't done it in such a dominant form. I mean, he did championship shit there at the end. Let's say like he was only like a few points off from Vellner. You could be like, it's kind of like the Graham Holberg, Rich Froning year. You know, the year the Graham won. You can be like, yeah. oh man, I don't know. Like, I mean, you if Vellner would have caught up, you could have been like, ah, Vellner only lost because he shit the bed on that first event. But you can't even say that. I mean, Madera's yeah. just but, but fucking also that's, yeah. handled. I mean, I know it's sport. I know it's yeah, sport. Yeah, it's sport. Exactly. But um, and the same thing would have happened if Vellner would have won by a couple points. People would have been like, ah, I don't know, but. but Either way, Medeiros didn't. That you can't have that conversation, really. Right. Medeiros just fucks shit up. No, I hundred percent. I like Medeiros better. I really like Medeiros. I'm struggling with Medeiros. I'm gonna tell you, I'm struggling. I like Medeiros. Medeiros. It's just, it's more ethnic. It's more. It's 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 more romantic. It's got that Latin. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead, Adam. I, all, I, I digress. All good, man. Yeah. No, you're, you're. I'm agreeing with you in the fact that like. Justin's final day was like, yep, that's, that's what winners do. That's what champions do. And actually like the final day was, uh, it stood out because, you know, three, two, one for the last three events is like that. That's pretty awesome. But, uh, I think there was moments in almost every event where like he rose to the occasion and did some stuff that changed the trajectory of the weekend, um, that you just can't take for granted. And it's just how, how champions respond when, when there's an opportunity to have a, you know, a games changing moment, uh, in a performance, in a workout, like he, he rose time and time again. And Can we um, talk about a couple of those. I yeah. have two, two in particular that I would like to ask you about. Sure. First one is the, um, wall walk thruster workout. Yeah. <clears throat> From my perspective. And I think I probably even texted Savon and the guys while it was happening. I was like, Justin started too fast. Brent's going to reel him in. And then we get to round six, I think it was, this, the, the set of six. And yeah. all of a sudden, Justin starts cycling thrusters, 185 thrusters, basically at a rate that was two to one of Fikowski. Right. And he didn't back off from that point forward. And um, i just like to get your perspective on that workout as opposed to mine, who barely knows him, and you, who obviously knows him super well. Yeah. No, it's interesting that your, your first uh, perception was that he started too fast because I feel like he started out actually – quite slow um when you know in, in the big scary. picture 
Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and like, not, I'm not saying, Oh, I, I'm watching him. And I'm like, Oh shoot, he's going too slow. But like, he was intentional about breaking up the thrusters more than some of the other athletes from the get go. Um, just because it's like, well, nobody cares who wins the first or second round, like 10 and nine are insignificant. It matters like who's ahead at the end. And so, um, he started off breaking up the thrusters. Actually, he and Brent, Justin and Brent broke up the thrusters more than any of the other athletes in the round of 10. Um, and I think I had a bit, uh, a bit more gas in the tank at the end. And it was just the whole time as he went, you know, 10, nine, eight, seven was just looking for that opportunity to be like, okay, here's where I make my move and hold on to it. And that happened in the round of six when he went on broken on the thrusters and really never looked back. I think I meant, um, I thought he had started too fast on his cycles rate of wall walk. Oh, he was yep. through those, but maybe yeah. And that was, that was really, uh, you know, by design in the sense that like, Hey, we're going to break up these thrusters more than other people. So the wall walks have to be faster. Well, that was super impressive. And it was the first time in the weekend where I was like, damn, this guy's got something special. And then I think the second time for me at least was two events later, which was quite a bit of time later since that was the last event on the first day. And then there was a day off and then they had the um, sandbag event in the morning. Then they had the clean, the back-to-back clean events. Yeah, so yeah, I yep. think it was the first round of the cleans where you, you know, as you know, um, they had a really tight time cap and most people weren't finishing the workout. Yeah. And, and if you were going to say, oh, you got 10 seconds to lift uh, whatever the 3, 15, 25, whatever that bar was at the end, and yeah. it's Pat and Brent and Justin, only one of them is going to hit it. Who's your money on? <laughs> like, Justin? I don't, <laughs> I don't think that a, you might have put your money on Justin, but I don't think everyone would have at that moment. And he was the one who did it, and the other two did not. And that was the second moment of the weekend where I was like, damn, that was critical. Yeah, no, that that was huge. And that's probably... I think that's probably the most fired up he was all weekend. He he came off the floor and like, he was still just like, you know, uh, just pumped, man. That was, yeah, that was a weekend that like, he just, or that was a moment in the weekend where I think he started to have even more belief that like, yeah, I, I can do this. At Adam Neifer, what year did you do your L1? <laughs> Back to the script. Yes, back uh, to the script. Yes, I, I hate it when Brian talks about the game. That's all he talks about. It was 2008. Yeah. But okay, so you had been doing CrossFit. In, in what year did you open your affiliate, CrossFit Fort Vancouver? In 2009. Okay. Yeah. And wow, that's okay. And why did you open? Why did you decide to open an affiliate? And, and are you in the same location? Uh, we're maybe 200 yards away. Okay. Started. Yeah. So basically same location. Uh, I mean, why I start, why we start opening affiliate is because, you know, I, I think this is, this is maybe a little big, bigger picture thing, but I always talk to this, talk about this with my team all the time. And it's like, I think we all kind of want the same three things in our, in our career, no matter what it is, whatever the career is, it's like, we all want to do something we enjoy. We want to make a positive impact and we want to, um, you know, be able to earn a living that sustains our lifestyle, whatever that looks like. And for me at the time I had a good job fighting fire and, um, we had started doing CrossFit on the crew. I loved coaching CrossFit and I was like, man, I think I can help more people, um, by opening a CrossFit affiliate than what I'm doing now. And at the time, uh, that, that, that's why I opened the affiliate and my boss on the fire crew was like, man, you should, you should go for it. And 
you know, you always have your job back here if it doesn't work out or, or if you just change your mind or whatever. So that, that kind of took the pressure off for me too. And it was like, you know, 08, 09 was kind of the, the, whatever you call it, the peak or the valley, like the bottom of the barrel in terms of the recession. It was like kind of the worst time to open a business. Uh, but it was like, yeah, this is, this is something I want to do. I love CrossFit. I love the, the difference it can make in people's lives. And, um, yeah, this, this is something I want to go for. Did you go to the affiliate gathering in 2009 in Austin, Texas? Nope. Okay. Cause I don't think, I, 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 I don't think, I don't think I had any money. Right. Right. I mean, I know I met you early on. I wonder, I wonder if we met at the 2009 games. Do you have any memory of the 2009 games? Uh, yeah, like, I do remember like, it. Do you think that we met there? I mean, um, we may have, it was so, it was so memorable. Um, I'm not sure if we met there. Uh, and there I weren't we a were lot of people there. There were like 2000 people, including volunteers and athletes. I mean, it seemed huge at the time. Don't get me wrong. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. We're bigger no, than the Super Bowl. Games but. Were, it was fun. But you know, the team competition that year, I was, we were done on the first day. Like okay. there was, there was three events the first day. There was 106 teams and, uh, the top five advanced to the final day. So teams were on Friday. There were cuts in 2009. No, like a 100 out of 105 teams got cut. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I know. <laughs> yeah. All these people yeah. that are always like, there's cuts. <laughs> no, I hear there's there's cuts. cuts. Yeah. Did you guys make it? No, we were 26th. Oh, okay. And so uh, my games were done after, um, yeah, Friday. So literally one day, three workouts. And um, what happened is we, uh, yeah, we had just opened our affiliate not that long before that. And I, I had told my brother, I'm like, Hey man, do you, do you have 300 bucks? And he's like, what, what for? And I'm like, Hey, uh, we, we got to go to the CrossFit games. They just put on CrossFit.com first hundred affiliates to sign up can go. And so, uh, Jake loaned me 300 bucks. We signed up and, uh, actually there's a gal on our team that was there for years, Jessica core, um, who I think is one of the best CrossFit games athletes ever, by the way. Um, she walked in the gym. I'm like, Jess, we're going to the games. And she's like, well, what's that? And I was like, what? doesn't matter. Start doing some wall balls. Uh, we're going to the game. To start. <laughs> doesn't matter. Just go do some wall balls. Yeah. Just go do some wall balls. Cause she was one of the shorter athletes. So she need to work on that a little bit. Um, but, uh, that was, that was our story. And so then we, we got, I think we had eight people that went down with us and we got a hotel room in, that's uh, not in aroma. So what's that town that's close by that has a motel six or super oh, like Gilroy or something. Gilroy. Or yep, yep. Okay. And, uh, so we stayed in this hotel room with eight people and I was, and we got done the first day and the rest of the team was like, okay, we'll go back. It's a food shelf hotel or whatever. And I was like, I'm, I'm not leaving. I'm, I'm just staying here. And I think at the time, uh, like that night, I think Dave and like Travis Bajant had a little, uh, like deadlift, uh, Oh, that's right. <laughs> not, not a contest, but like they were like deadlifting the bars and stuff that night. And, yes. Uh, so I just slept out there, um, brought, grabbed my sleeping bag, slept out there and spent the rest of the time. And I, I wanted to be more involved. So I got a, I asked if I could volunteer. They gave me a shirt and I thought I could like, you know, help out and see some of the athletes. And they were like, oh, actually, um, we need somebody to go uh, empty the garbage cans in the parking lot. Type of thing. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, cool. That's what I did that first year. Um, and, and then I don't know if you remember, but Miko Salo won the CrossFit Games that year. Yeah. Um, second place, uh, was Tommy Hackenbrook yep. who was, was actually came to the Northwest regional and didn't qualify through that. He ended up doing the last chance qualifier and making it through that. And then third place 
was a firefighter from up here, Mo Kelsey. Oh and, yeah. Uh, dude, Mo was, he was like, he was a crossfit.com like main page guy. Like I was and a firefighter. And I remember when they announced the max snatch event, he's like, Adam, uh, Hey man, uh, do you, do you know how to snatch? Cause every time it comes up on the main page, I, I pick something else and I'm like, me too. <laughs> 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 but I've done it a little bit. And so we were messing around in the back and his, uh, his vast max snatch was like 185, just a, just a strong muscle snatch. And he went out there in 2009 and snatched 215, which actually was like a pretty good result in that, Crazy. In that event with, with like, you know, learning the technique in the warm-up area and figuring it out and just going and doing it. So did he win? Was that the max snatch that year? 215? No, uh, I think, uh, who was it? Somebody got 240. Yeah. Was it Jeff Smith? Was it that other, the other firefighter? No. Oh. Uh, not Jeff Smith. Uh, what's his last name? Leonard or Maynard? Oh, um, Jeff Leonard. Jeff Leonard, I think got Jeff Leonard. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jeff Leonard, two forty. Jason Klepa, Spencer Hendel, DJ Wickham, two twenty-five. Mo Kelsey, yeah. Blair Morrison, Steve Willis, Jeremy Thiel, two fifteen. Tom yeah, yeah. two hundred five. <laughs> That's right. I yeah, remember interviewing great. Mo Kelsey. Man, he was a yeah. good dude, and his wife Crazy was there, man. and she was kind of scared for him, rightfully so. <laughs> it was scary shit. Yeah. I, I hope that the takeaway from this whole story that um, Adam Neifer just told is that he just, he didn't leave the CrossFit games. He just got his sleeping bag out of the car and slept there. And I slept, I had, a, I had my motor home there and I lived parked in my motor home, but that's the way the games used to be people. When it was in Aromas, yeah. you could just, there were people just sleeping in the back of their trucks there and like late night, just like just whatever and early people getting up at four and making coffee on their tailgate. I mean, that shit was great. Wasn't it? It was great. Also, I, I rumor has it that I snored on in the hotel that first night and there was eight of us. So I, apparently I kept people up. So I was like, ah, I'll sleep outside. But, um, but yeah, back to like that, that first year. So, um, we, we just went to the CrossFit games and Jessica core, uh, was on our team. She, she went to the games. Uh, so in 10 years, she went to the games on our team seven times. Uh, she went to, she chose to go individually one year and competed. And only two other years in that 10 year period, she had a baby, both of the other years. Right. Oh, I was wondering, cause I was looking at that list on your Instagram yeah. and I was yeah. wondering, Oh, she missed a, a couple of years. I wonder what happened. Yeah. Wow, no, babies. She, had, she had kids both of those years and bounced right back and either made the games individually or on the team. So, I mean, yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty cool what she's accomplished in the sport. Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah. Okay, so you opened this affiliate, and had you met your wife when you opened your affiliate? Uh, let's see. So we got married the same year. So we got we got engaged at the grand opening of CrossFit Fort Vancouver. Like, so she wow. knew you when you were doing the hot shot stuff. Uh, we had met. Yeah, we had, we had met, and she uh actually invited her to come into class at CrossFit Portland. Um, where is which is where I was coaching for those first few years, and uh. Yeah, that she came in and, and we we got to know each other, both in and out of the CrossFit gym. But yeah, she we we had met uh, prior to me to us opening the gym. And you met her on Tinder. Is that what you said? <laughs> yeah, the 2006 version. Yeah, yeah. Tinder, God. Yeah, for those of you who don't know that, like, who are confused about technology, there was no such thing then. I think it was only that- uh, MySpace at that point. Was there my, was there even MySpace? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I think that's when people used to put ads in the paper. Hi, I'm Adam Neifer. I'm a nice boy looking for a date. <laughs> like and people song. had to find you in the classifieds. Yeah. 
some some guy named Olson dudes really respect Adam and Justin's relationship. Truly want the best and are so humble, hardworking dudes. We'll see. Don't get all excited. They're early in their relationship. You know, it's only a matter of time before Justin jumps over like the think tank or proven or Ben Bergeron. <laughs> He's not going to do this podunk shit at CrossFit Vancouver for much longer. Yeah. Yeah. No, honestly, dude, I, I, I encourage him to go out and, and train and work out with everybody. Right. Cause, uh, like, I mean, I've, I've talked, we talk all the time. I just actually, his, he was just here. Um, uh, when was it this weekend? And I had a chance to just visit with his family and like, man, I, I literally want Justin to, to do the very best he can. And like, my job is, it's so simple. My job is to help Justin perform at the highest level possible. And if he can go and, and learn from other people and um, and improve in other ways, like 110% I'm behind that. It's, it, you remind me of Miko Salo when um, I remember when Janikowski came on the scene and he was training with Miko. And then I asked Miko, somehow it came up and Miko goes, yeah, next year I'm telling him not to train with me or I'm suggesting he move on. And I'm like, what? What, what are you out of your fucking mind? He's like, no, he's got like at some point he's got to go out and like do it like he's got to see more. But man, I don't know about leaving you. You guys seem to have. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying leaving. I'm. I'm just saying like, you can um, do like, yeah, like Matt Fraser being a great example of like, you know, this year. The last thing that I told Matt when we left Vermont before the games was like, "Hey, man, how how involved are you willing to be? Because if my job, if I if I'm true to <laughs> what I tell Justin, and if, if I'm honest with him in, in that." my job is to help Justin become the best CrossFit athlete he can possibly be. Then like, I want Matt to be involved with that. I want right. to, to learn from the best. I want to, um, you know, to, if Matt's willing to share some of the experience that he learned in, in being the best ever, then like, why wouldn't we want to, um, you know, for Justin to, to gain some of that experience. So yeah, that, that's the way I see it. I guess I, when I think of the best and maybe this is short sighted on my part, but I, I picture like the very best people at the best at what they do is sitting on top of like the tippy tippy top of a mountain where it's so it's so there's there's only room for one person up there. And it, the space is so narrow that it's so easy to teeter off. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you're just like you're basically standing on the head of a needle. And the things that push you off aren't the things that like most people would think that would push you off. At that point, it's not a bad snatch or a bad performance. It's really just people you're around and emotional shit, right? Just it's it's like – and that stuff is like – I mean we've all seen it, right, in this, in this space. I, I think that the best you can do is what Matt did and protect yourself. I don't even think like – do you know what I mean by that? Like basically Matt isolated himself. He had his crew, Sammy, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Matt O'Keefe, and, 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 you know, that's it. Like he just – once you get to the top, it's like you have to eliminate all the other factors that could be just so minor that could actually just teeter you off the top. Stuff that's like you would never think, right? Like a fight with a girlfriend or just whatever. Fuck, I don't know. Someone suing you because your lawnmower ran off into their yard. I mean, you want to avoid all of that stuff, right? No, you're right. The drama or or um, distractions that can come outside of. I mean, the CrossFit part. Honestly, I don't. I don't want to say it's easy. It's obviously not. But that feels like you know where Justin's at now. That feels like cool. We know what to do there. Um, but as far as kind of like managing the all the rest of 
you know, the things coming at him as a CrossFit Games champion, that's a, those are the things that I think require for us to be more intentional and just make sure that we're, we're doing things the right way. We've been super fortunate, super blessed, like up until this point, I think having, um, you know, uh, having done things in what feels like the right way. And we just want to keep doing that as best we can moving forward. Have you ever had anyone at your gym lose a hundred pounds? That's a good question. Uh, I don't, I don't know if we have, I, I bet we have. Um, I don't, I can't think of anybody specifically though. Yeah. I can think of a lot of people that are way smaller than they used to be. And, and what's that like? like? Like when they come in, do you, th- do you think that right away? Like, do, do you have more six? Yeah. Tell me about that. About like someone who comes in, who's like a hundred pounds overweight. C- can they do that at your gym? Yeah. 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 So, I mean, probably the most, uh, most recent example and is just, uh, an individual that came in and, uh, he had actually had like a brain aneurysm two and a half years ago and had gained a hundred pounds. And he's probably been doing CrossFit with us now for three or four months, something like that. But, um, you know, had spent, uh, you know, a chunk of time just like, uh, really feeling down, um, about himself. And when he came in, he just like, felt like, Hey, the first conversation was, I don't have any reason to like have joy in my life. Um, wow. And so at that point it's like, wow, what we do. Yeah. It's about the fitness, but it's so much more than that. Right. And, um, fast forward just literally a couple months and, uh, he went to the CrossFit games and watched Justin compete. Like it was, uh, it was awesome. And I had him in one of my classes, um, that I was coaching yesterday. And, um, he actually jumped rope for the first time. Uh, I was like, dude, when's the last time you jump rope James? And he's like, I don't know. Couldn't tell you. Right. And he did a workout. We had a workout that was like rowing and double unders. And, um, he did, uh, he did 40 single skips every round of three rounds. And the last round he did all 40 in a row. And like, he's like, Whoa, that, that was weird. I haven't jumped in a, in a long time. He, he said he was, uh, he had been basically dizzy or nauseous for two and a half years since his brain aneurysm. And now he's doing the, you know, jump rope. And so, you know, that's the type of stuff like I get emotional about because that's, that's why we do it. That's why we started the affiliate. Um, the sport of CrossFit is amazing and I love it and I'm passionate about that. But, um, but what we get to do in our affiliate daily, um, is way more impactful than, than even, you know, winning the CrossFit games. Why did he come in? That takes some balls. You know what? Uh, so his buddy that he grew up with, uh, they were like best childhood friends was, um, he lives, I think in Connecticut and had called me and said, Hey, this guy needs help. Like he, did you know uh, this guy before he called you? No, didn't know. Okay. We, we spent about 45 minutes in a phone conversation and he would, he had, he had, he knew that, um, his friend lived nearby our affiliate and, uh, he was like, this guy needs help. Would you be willing to, you know, reach out to him and, and invite him into the gym? Um, and so we did, we visited for a bit and, uh, yeah, he came in and he's been there for several months. Um, he hasn't lost hundred pounds yet, but he's heading in the right direction. Is, is, um, is his friend a CrossFitter who called you? Yep. His friend got into CrossFit. Maybe I don't remember the exact time. I want to say a year and a half or two years ago. And then, um, was like, Hey, this is, this has been life changing for me. I care about my friend that I grew up with and this dude needs help. And he called the closest affiliate, which happened to be us. And, um, and this was three, this was three or four months ago. Yeah. I have to look exactly. It was, um, it was probably right before the Mac when Justin went to mid Atlantic CrossFit challenge. Um, at the time. Yeah. 
unfucking believable. Listen to this shit, people. Imagine I'm trying to think of which coach to choose. They're they're really. I mean, I know most of you guys have already drank the Kool Aid. Those of you who are listening to the show, but but there's no question that like you could go over to just he Justin Medeiros is 22 years old. You could basically go over to his house at three in the morning, knock on the door, drag him out of the bed, and stand him up to offer a billion dollars to anyone who could beat him in any workout, and they can choose it. And Justin's going to beat him nine out of ten times. This guy is a freak of nature, and he's just he can't even grow pubic hair on his face. And we're speaking to a guy who's his coach, Adam Neifer. We're speaking to a guy. Who's like this is this is his Freddie Roach. This is, you know, think of those Russian gymnastics coaches. This is his coach. And yet someone from Connecticut calls on a telephone three thousand miles away at CrossFit Fort Vancouver and has the nerve to interrupt Adam Neifer while he's doing while he's while he's working with Justin Medeiros, the fucking the fittest man on this green planet. And what's Adam Neifer do? Tell him to fuck off. I got bigger things to do. I, I, I only coach the fittest. No. He says, yeah, he talks to the dude for 45 minutes. And a dude with a brain aneurysm on the, who's 100 pounds overweight maybe, who's on the complete opposite spectrum of Justin Medeiros. Medeiros? God damn it. Change your name, Justin. I mean, this is just it, it. You can't make this shit up. But that's, that's what's that's, so special. Like, how much longer can we keep this shit up? This is nuts. It's tr- that's CrossFit, though. I mean, it, that is, is that nuts. is what that is what we do, and it's a uh, it's it's crazy because like that that story, um, you know, it 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 seems unique, right? And and it is special, uh, for sure. I'm gonna call. I'm gonna call Ben Bergeron when this is over and pretend like I like I have a friend who's 100 pounds overweight that needs his help and see what Ben does. I'm gonna put Ben up to the test. I'm gonna do that to all all you top coaches out there. Get ready. I'm getting ready to punk all you bitches to see if like where you stand next to Adam Neifer. No, all all I'm saying is affiliates all over the world are doing that right now as we speak. I hear you. Like that, and honestly, if if like Justin's success, if it uh, if it inspires somebody to to go into their, their affiliate and be like, no, I, I can change my life. I can, I can do this. Then I know he'd be like, no, that's, that's even, uh, that's even more important, more, more meaningful to him than winning the CrossFit games. Did, did this guy know who you were when he called you? Uh, I don't know. The Connecticut guy? Not, not sure. Did he no, just call – and, and here's what's crazy. For those of you who don't know the story, and I know the story, maybe we can get um, Adam to tell it. But it was easier – listen to me. It was easier for this fucking dude with a brain aneurysm who couldn't even bring himself to the gym. He had to have someone else call Adam for him. It was easier for that dude to meet Adam than Justin. Justin had to write a letter. Adam was basically trying to tell Justin, get the fuck out of here, kid. I'm busy. I'm running a business. It was easier for this dude who was 100 pounds overweight and sick to get to Adam than it was for Justin Medeiros. And I, I, I mean, I don't know other sports. I, I just find that hard to believe that, like, like I could have access to, like, some NFL coach 
and, and just be like, hey, we teach my kid how to play football. You know what I mean? Like, can I just call Tony Hawk and be like, yo, we're coming over. Uh, my son, uh, my son needs help skateboarding. I mean, I just don't think it, I don't think I can do that. Maybe I'm wrong. But this is like this is just a crazy, crazy, crazy story. But not crazy. You're like you're like bored with it already. Right. You're like, no, what are you talking about? This is what I know. I'm telling you, man, you, you, you go to any, any city in the U S and you talk to the, you know, affiliate owners and coaches in their gyms and they're doing amazing things in people's lives. And I think that's, that's what CrossFit is about. Obviously the sport is fun and it's, uh, it's unreal what is possible, you know, in terms of like human performance. Um, and we're still just like scratching the surface there. I shouldn't say that we're not scratching the surface, but we're, we're still, on an upward trajectory, obviously. I agree. Um, but, uh, but like that's, it, it is like a, a huge part of what CrossFit is, is, is the sport, but it's not where CrossFit started. Right. And it's, uh, it's something that I, I mean, I love it. The last couple of years I've, I've seen more, um, like I've seen, you, you know, like in the, in the last couple of years, all, all kinds of things have happened, but it seems like recently we've seen, uh, kind of, a a re, I don't know the right word for it. It seems like CrossFit in the affiliate model and CrossFit the sport uh, or CrossFit as a fitness program and CrossFit the sports are not at odds with each other and they don't need to be, they shouldn't be, they should be like um, helping each other, you know, grow and, and push the boundaries of what's possible. And I think that's what, that's, what's pretty cool about what I get to do is hey, I get to coach Justin and that's, that's a blast. I mean, seeing him win the CrossFit games, like, can't even put that into words. I mean, it's, uh, it, it's, it's special. Uh, but at the same time, like I got to go coach class at my gym and, uh, you know, you get, you get to see people change their lives and that's, that's just, as cool. Did you have to coach a class today? <laughs> uh, today's Tuesday. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm not on the schedule today. So I also have two kids. They're seven and eight years old. And, uh, really ever since they were born, um, my schedule is like, I, I coach on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then Tuesday, Thursday, uh, I, I do what I need to do to take care of my kids. And so, uh, they're actually, they're actually here at my house right now. We'll take them in. They have CrossFit kids here, uh, in about an hour. So they'll take, I'll take them in. They'll do a CrossFit kids class. I'll jump into the regular class on the other side of the gym. And then, um, you know, we'll, uh, we'll do some work there. We'll come home do some stuff here. And then, um, yeah, they start school, I think I don't know, in a week or two. So it'll, it'll free up my schedule a little bit, but yeah, that was a long answer to your question. Nope. I'm not on the schedule Tuesdays and Thursdays. That, Anytime that, you can say anything you want about your kids. It's my favorite subject. That is really cool. Also that you just said, you're, you know, you're going to jump into the class on the other side. I've dropped into, you know, hundred plus boxes around the country. And I remember one time in particular, I dropped into this gym in Oklahoma city. It was called twice bitten CrossFit. And I was doing the class, whatever, and there was this guy in the class, and I was like, damn, this guy's pretty good. And he's like, big, big dude, good at gymnastics and whatever. He just kept himself, followed along, did everything with the class. And then after the class, I found out he's the owner of the gym. And I would never know it. He just was acting and, and behaving in the class like any other person who's just coming in from their job at noon to get a workout in before going back to whatever in their day. And I thought that was such a cool lead-by-example type of a thing that the gym owner has uh, just showing up in the class and throwing down with everyone else. Man, it's the it's the best way to work out. Yeah, I, I mean, I work out in my garage occasionally, uh, like I said on Tuesdays and Thursdays. But man, I almost always uh, jump in for a class whenever I can. 
Eric Weiss, Adam needs to be a regular. Love hearing about the history of the sport. Adam sounds like an awesome guy and a great ambassador for CrossFit. I'm telling you, this guy's been around forever. This guy's been around forever. Well, the, be- the best thing is he's been around that long, but he still has the passion. You can hear it in the way he talks about the guy learning to jump rope, and you can hear about it talk about his kid, you know, the kid's class for, uh, for his kids to go to and, and everything in between. It's pretty cool. Brian, will you ask him a question about the games or something? I need yeah, 30 of seconds. Course, of course. Thank you. I'm going to go kill that spot on my lawn in my backyard. I'll be right back. Okay. See ya. Um, well, I would like to uh, ask about two more events like we did earlier, if you don't mind. Yeah, the, easy. The, the next one is the Snatch event, which is kind of funny considering your origins with the Snatch. <laughs> and yeah. I just remember at the Mid-Atlantic, like, and I, I think I talked to Justin about this when he came on prior to the games, was like, that was crazy. What happened in the Mid-Atlantic CrossFit Challenge where like seven guys snatched 300 pounds and it was just like back-to-back-to-back 300-pound snatches. But in the midst of that, there were some other guys on the floor that didn't snatch 300 pounds that also had like what I were like great lifts, maybe PRs. And I think Justin was one of those who hit 285 that day Yeah, in Tennessee. And so he's coming, obviously, to the uh, Event 12 of the CrossFit Games. Now, this isn't Event 1 of the semifinals. This is Event 12 of the CrossFit Games. So the body's feeling it a little bit more. Yeah, The pressure's a little higher. He's in the lead. He's going last on every bar. So he has to watch the guys in front of him that he knows have hot, bigger snatches than him. Yeah, and then he's got to respond over and over every bar, every bar, and um, I thought he did incredibly well. But what's your perspective as that as his coach? Are you nervous? Are you communicating with him in any way? Like, what's going on for you during that event? Uh, during that event is it's, it's funny. It's very similar to all the events. When I go watch Justin compete, I'm I'm not nervous at all. I'm literally just having a good time watching it. Um, I feel like once he enters the competition floor my job for that event is done. You know, it's like, we've, we've done the preparation. He's warmed up. He knows what to do. He's going to go out and execute it. And so during the event, I'm, I'm really just enjoying it. Um, I know that I talked to a few coaches that are like, man, I'm, are you stressed out? I'm more stressed out coaching than I was competing because competing once, once three, two, one go happens, all the nerves go away, but coaching, you're just kind of there the whole time. But I'm more nervous talking about it than than watching it. To be honest with you, it's uh, yeah, just just really enjoyable. I I knew that. Um, That's how I feel we, about the podcast. I'm nervous until it starts, and then it's like, oh, thank God. <laughs> it's like a workout, and then it goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that, but um, but yeah, we knew that 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 heavy snatch event was like a good opportunity for him. Um, in the sense, like, it, I don't know. I don't think it's useful to to go into event thinking about what everybody else can do or that everybody else has this as their PR or they beat me at the Mac or anything like that. Um, so during Justin's warm up, we just like took it like we were warming up for a heavy day in the gym. Not that we, we really never would max out a snatch or super rarely max out a snatch in the gym, but, but building up to a heavy, the, the warm up felt like pretty typical. Um, he went out there with a couple, like two kind of cues in his head that he would think about as he approached each bar. Um, and then, yeah, it was just a matter of, of going out and lifting heavy. And, and the thing about Justin is like, it doesn't matter what his lead up is to the games. Like the guy always lifts well in competition. So we try to like, um, use that to his advantage of like, man, if there's a heavy event, who cares what his PR is compared to anybody else? It's an opportunity for Justin to have a great day lifting. And, you know, when you go out into competition, the adrenaline is there and you're like, man, the bar feels 10 or 20 pounds lighter than it does 
in your gym on a training day. So it's like, man, just enjoy it and use that to, to, uh, make the most of your performance. Um, did you so, hear that, Brian? Did you hear that? What was it? Their story. They have a story. They have this fucking narrative that he always does well on competition day. That's their fucking Madeira story. Well, that's doesn't even it's their story. Yes, yes, yes. They got it. <laughs> they got the right story. They chose the right fucking story. All right. We'll take they, it. Yeah, but, I mean, you. I just heard you say it. Well, it doesn't matter what the lifting event is. We always know on game day he does well. I mean, that's like that's the story. It doesn't even like that's the that's the story. I'm gonna. That's. I mean, if you don't have that story, people, it doesn't matter. I, I don't even. I can't even tell you the, the 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 trick because it'll ruin the story. But if you don't have that story, then you don't have the right story. You're fucking yourself. <laughs> tell yourself a different. Story. Like you have to really listen yeah. to what what what. Adam Neifer just said like that's the story but I mean before there was just a Medeiros there's that you have to have that story sorry go ahead I just love it when you say smart shit and I just get all excited I feel like some people miss it it's just because it's so simple but sorry go ahead No, it is but you know you're right like our teams in general too like for years (laughs) like we always felt like we would compete at a level that's even higher than our fitness in the gym, right? Because that's what you're preparing for. Who cares what you can do in the gym or what you put on Instagram or all that stuff? It's like, no, you're preparing for an event, for a competition, and that's that's when it matters. Um, but all, all that being said, and Brian, I'm sure you can look back at the stats of every time there's been a heavy lifting event, like in, in competitions. Justin, in my mind, has performed very, very well. Like he's always like either scratching the surface of a PR or hits a PR, um, and he, he rises to the occasion. Um, so I was, I was really happy. I, I felt like, like, I felt pretty confident that Justin could hit, would, would hit 285. I felt optimistic that he'd hit two, 290, 295 on that day. Wow. Um, it, it didn't quite happen, but I he also wasn't far like, off. I mean, he was just no. a fraction of a, of a centimeter off from hitting 290. Yeah. He wasn't far off. Also, I loved it because typically when you lift last, it's actually an advantage because you get to see, you know uh, what other people may be loaded on their bar or, or that type of thing. Um, in this one, it was like, everybody has already hit that weight and then they walk past you as, you know, as Justin's going out there. So it, it, whether it was an advantage or not, it doesn't matter. He, uh, he had to, um, you know, do what he needed to do in that event to, to snatch as much as he could. He did that. Uh, interestingly enough, it was, I think that out of 15 events, there was 11 where Justin's execution was like, like, I would say like, pretty close to as good as it could have been um 11 out of 15 events there was four events where i was like ah like for sure we left some meat on the bone and um there's like some some really simple learning experiences there um was this one of them so this the snatch was the snatch was was a little bit of both um i think that yeah he did he did great on the uh on the the max lift and we knew how important the tiebreaker would be as well Mm -hmm. um he actually, uh, he mentally just kind of like lost a bit of focus after he missed 290. And then he went over and did the, uh, let's see, it was the, the 225 for three reps. And there was four, there's four total athletes. And he had, uh, he had ripped his hand at the time, which is, it's not an excuse, but, uh, he just ripped a callus off his hand on the 290 snatch bar and it was bleeding a lot. And that was on his mind. And, and as a result, he lined up for the 225 tiebreaker and he was like, two feet, uh, behind the start line. 
so he was he was kind of starting behind everybody else. He just didn't know where where the start line was. Like he was on a line, and everybody was on a line that was like two feet closer than him. And then he went uh, to basically set up on the barbell, and he set up at two twenty five as if it was two ninety, right? Like he set up with the same, like kind of took his time setting up as if he was going for a max. And by the time Justin's barbell left the floor, other athletes in the same group of tiebreakers were in the bottom of their overhead squat, like the bottom of their snatch or seed position, like standing up the first rep. And even with that, he actually caught them on the next two reps and he just happened to rush the last one and he missed it. Right. So, um, there wasn't, there wasn't any one thing in that event that was like a huge, you know, error or, um, you know, uh, mistake on his part but there was a handful of just little things that added up to like you know what that was a that was a missed opportunity and unfortunately he he and he knew that right right out of the right afterwards and unfortunately it took a little bit of his uh his joy out of the the max snatch event tying a pr 12 events in it, it took a, a little bit of that away because it was like shoot um you know that that you never want to finish across a games event and feel like you had more in the tank or feel like you missed missed out on some points and that's that's kind of how he felt coming off the floor well it's and so it's not a again it's not an excuse and something has to give i guess but he also had less time to prepare for that tie break than each of the other guys because he was going last and then it happens totally, right yeah. away so just to like switch the flip or, or flip the switch yeah, from yeah, heavy something. lift to fast lifting you know uh who, i can't remember who the other three guys are. i know Fikowski is one of them but each yeah. of them had a little bit more time than him to mentally prepare for that or even to ask the question, where do I start for this? You know? Yeah. yeah, so yeah. He might have so, been a little bit disadvantaged there. Maybe, but I mean, it's like, hey, winner, winners win and you, you got to yeah. find a way. And that's, that was a great learning experience for him. And there it is like he, again. Winners win. There it is. It's not like he, uh, it's not that like Adam Eifer, <laughs> smart shit. He wasn't, he wasn't dwelling on it, but it was a source of like, hey, oh, that's a, that's kind of raw. That's fresh in my mind. I don't want that to happen again. Was, was his attitude going forward, which is important. And, and, you know, kind of back to the, back to that snatch event, you know, there was a, there was two athletes that snatched 300 pounds at, um, at the Mac that, uh, I think, uh, didn't get to the bar that he got to, um, you know, at the games, 12 events in and a couple of things about that, like, you know, uh, obviously Justin performs when the game is on the line, but, um, also like Justin, Justin moves pretty well and, and he's not like, Hey, I'm trying to get up as much weight as I can in training at all costs. He's trying to improve his craft. He's trying to improve his mechanics. And, um, so he doesn't worry about that as much as like, Hey, I'm trying to improve so that when I, you know, when I do get out on the game floor, like I'm ready for this. And I think that that was awesome because it didn't matter if it was the first event at the Mac and he was fresh or it was the 12th event, at the games, he snatched the same thing. So super, super proud of him about that. Um, and then with the, you know, I mentioned there was like four out of 15 events where it was like, okay, a little bit of missed opportunity. All of those were very minor things that we're going to be ultra critical about, you know, um, behind the scenes, but like they weren't catastrophic, uh, you know, outcome changing mistakes, right. They're just like, when I guess, I guess the best, the best way I can tell that story is, prior to the games, did we know Justin was going to win? Absolutely not. Right. Like we knew Justin was going to go out there and compete and the entire year leading up to it, we were like, Hey, you got third of the games last year, Justin, if you can be better in every facet next year, it doesn't guarantee anything, but it gives you the opportunity for a favorable outcome at the games. Like 
the potential is there to do something really special if you focus on being better than you were last year, right? And so leading into the games, it wasn't like, oh yeah, this guy's for sure going to win. It was like, yeah, Justin, could he win? Absolutely. He could take first place at the games, but he could also get 10th. And either way, it's like, good. Cause there's, there are, there is room to improve. There are things we can tighten up. There's things we can do better. There's, there's areas that he can get better at. And so, you know, the fact that he did win the CrossFit games doesn't, it doesn't change that, right? Like those, those things, those, uh, those learning experiences, those opportunities for improvement still exist. So, so that, same, same that, mindset, that me up. same mindset going forward. And that's actually cool oh. that you said that unprompted. Cause someone in the comment section asked specifically about that quote. Oh, you wanted to get better from 2020 to 2021. Well, what are they going to do from 2021 to 2022? And it sounds yeah, like the answer is the same, man. They're going to get better. It's pretty, it, it's pretty simple, right? If, if 2022, Justin is better across the board than he was in 2021 same thing doesn't doesn't guarantee anything but i I like his chances someone logan mayfield said adam is the man always has the glass half full perspective to offer yeah i i there's probably a bunch of lines like that that really um help describe adam adam can you tell us the 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 because we're running out of time here the the cliff notes version of how you guys met um you and uh What's the guy's name? Justin, the guy who won the games, the good dude, the fittest dude, the fittest uh, dude. Yeah, Justin Medeiros. Yeah, tell, tell yeah. because it's such a great story. We we always joke around about this because we <laughs> we feel like we've told this story a million times, so we feel like everybody knows it because we, we it seems like that always comes up in in conversation. But basically, put like, some I, nudity in it this time. Put some nudity in it. That always spices up. Like any, I like movies. With, like I like movies, but if there's nudity in it, I like it even more. So if you just like some, tell like the same story, but put some nudity. Like you were in the shower when you got the message. Then we'll be like, oh my god, he was naked. Yeah, <laughs> some nudity. Uh, I mean, yeah, pretty much like, uh, yeah, I, we both have this friend that uh, that Justin trained with. That I used to compete with or against, whatever you want to say it. Um, and he had, he had asked me several times that to work with Justin, his name's Sun, Sun Chang. And, uh, he was actually on uh, Boise CrossFit's team years ago. And, uh, that's the guy's Justin, name, Sun Chang. Yeah. Sun Chang. Great and when, name. Uh, great name, dude. He's like a movie character too. But when, uh, is he starring well, in that new Marvel movie coming out next month? <laughs> he should be. Yeah, for sure. Uh, when, when Justin went to school out of Boise state, uh, they met and, um, I think Sun was the first one to really, I don't know about the first one, but the first one I knew that really saw like, um, this potential in Justin and was like, man, you need to, you should work with Adam. And and so like me and Sun talked three times and I had just at the time, this was like right after I finished competing in 2018 and had like decided prior to that season, like, okay, I've been competing in CrossFit for 10 years, love it. But at this time I'm going to focus more on, um, like, uh, the things that are important in my life and, uh, part of that is the affiliate and, you know, actually doing my job with the affiliate versus just, just competing all the time. Uh, so doing a better job there. And then, um, just being more present with my family. My wife put a lot of, um, a lot of, she just sacrificed a lot for 10 years to allow me to compete. And so, um, you know, being more present as a dad, that type of stuff. And, uh, so I just wasn't interested, uh, long story short, um, son kept on calling me. So I, I said, okay, I'll talk to Justin, write a letter. Um, you know, telling me what you're looking for in a coach, who you are, what your goals are, that type of thing. That's and what Justin, you told Justin on the phone. He called you and you're like, Hey, can you write me a letter? Yeah. I think I talked to him. I think I called him on the phone and was like, Hey, if you want to do this, um, yeah, I need you to write me a letter with all these things. Right. And I listed them off and 
Had you I ever asked anyone to write you a letter before? No. Uh, when it, As it came out of your mouth, were you like, oh, my God, what am I doing? This is like, I must really not want to work with this dude. Like, like how, like, that seems like such a trippy thing to ask unless you ask <laughs> no, everyone that, right? Yeah. It's like you no, wouldn't ask. Most, most people, most people, I, most people, I was just like, no, no, thanks. Like, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm good where I'm at. Like, I love coaching at my affiliates. I love coaching the athletes that are here. I purposely didn't do remote coaching because I don't, I don't, it's not my favorite thing to do. And I feel like a better use of my time is to work with people that are right here that I can see every day and have that like immediate interaction with. Um, and where so, did he live? He didn't live in, um, Justin lived, lived in California and you lived in Washington state. Yeah. He actually lived in Boise. He was going to school at Boise state in Idaho. What? So the, yeah. uh, it's like 500 miles from you. Uh, probably. Yeah. Something like that. Like seven hours. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I, t I told him to write this letter basically to appease my friend's son and be like, Hey, I talked to him, you know, it did or didn't work out anyway. Um, and I didn't think Justin would do it. I really didn't think he would do it. And a couple of days later he sent this letter back and I was like, wow, this is not your typical 20 year old. Did he, did he email it to you? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then, uh, Adam Neifer at CrossFit Fort Vancouver.com. <laughs> no. It's oh. not my email, oh, uh, but people can send emails there if they want to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you saw what I was doing. You saw what I was doing, yeah. trying to anyway, get you all blown uh, up. Uh, so basically at this point, I still, even when he wrote the letter, I was like, wow, this is, this is not your average 19 year old. And then I, I showed it to my wife, Lauren. And, uh, you know, cause basically she had supported me competing for so long and she loved it, but she was also really happy that I wasn't like doing that anymore. And, uh, so when she read the letter, she was just like, and I, I was super surprised. She was like, you should do it. And I was like, what? She's like, no, you, you should do it. I think you'd be good at it. And I think you'd really enjoy it. And, uh, that was the first time that I ever actually considered it is when, so thanks to did Lauren. She, did she know that you'd have a mullet 18 months later? Believe it or not, she loves mullets. Wow. Holy shit. Yeah, I don't know if I had a mullet when we got married, but I had a mullet a lot of times like when, like early on when Lauren and I met. Um, so you influenced sure. Justin, not the other way around. Actually, no. It was kind of like just fate. We both in our own separate lives had mullets. Um, and uh, so that, that's how that happened. But um after that, even after, uh, you know, Lauren said, go for it. was like, Hey, Justin, um, let's, let's work together leading up to you and through the open and we'll see how it goes. That'll be kind of like our dating game. And, uh, if, and this was in the beginning of 2019. And if we, if we like it, then, uh, the next step would be, you got to come out here. Like we got to work together in person. So you got to figure out a way to get to Vancouver for the summer. Um, cause he was in school at the time. Had and, you ever had an individual athlete before besides Jessica core? No. Mm -mm. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, pretty much he came out, um, you know, did the open, did pretty well, came out and, uh, he showed up with a mullet and he was worried about it. He was like, Oh shoot, I got to meet Adam and his wife for the first time in person. And he was like, Oh no, I forgot to cut this mullet off. What are they going to think? And, uh, shoot, he walked in the door. Savon would like me to say with his shirt off, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Like, it was like love at first sight. Lauren, she was like, Is that a mullet? And he's like, Yeah, yeah. I'm, you know, my friend made me do it. You know, like, uh, I'm, I'm, I forgot to cut it. And she was like, 
I love it. You're part of, welcome to the family. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, that's, uh, that's how that happened. God, I hope my pot, my podcast has, this podcast has the exact same story as you and Justin Medeiros, except instead of Justin Medeiros, I got this podcast. I did not want to do this podcast. And my, and, and, and basically Matt Souza, the owner of CrossFit Livermore was like, basically like serving it to me on a platter telling me basically I had to do it and I'll do everything for you. And Wait, you didn't want to do this podcast. No, fuck no. <laughs> not, not the God, one you, no. just in general, the whole podcast. The whole oh, podcast. Oh. No, no, not the one with Adam Neifer. <laughs> like, I just don't want to do podcasts. Oh, and, yeah. oh and, okay, okay, I got you. This is like and, a few years back. Yeah, now, six months ago, four months ago, this thing's brand new. This thing's okay, brand okay. new. And uh, I know it feels like I've been around forever. But because I used the to podcast for longer than that, though, haven't you? I, I was doing the CrossFit podcast. Oh, gotcha. Okay, yeah. It, 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 for for like a year, yeah. Well, I, okay. they, they made me basically get rid of the yeah. podcast before Sorry. I got fired. Sorry. No, no, okay. it's okay. I love talking yeah. about getting fired. Anyway, so but then so then this guy Matt Souza is like, hey, you, should, you need to do the podcast again, and I'm like, no, thank you, no, thank you. And he's like, but I'll help you. And he starts telling me all these things he's going to do for me, and I'm like, no, thank you. And then I told my wife, and my wife did the same thing that your wife did. She's like, no, no. Like, you know, just kind of like pushed me out of the nest. And here we are. I'm talking to Adam Neifer. Dude, that's that's awesome, man. So you Glad ended you up with it. Justin Medeiros, and I ended up with Ryan, Matt, and Brian. <laughs> Match made in heaven. God, I can't. Do you know how hard it is to work with three dudes named Matt, Ryan, and Brian? It's it like, does. it's it's hard to keep everyone. My brain has so much trouble keeping those names all organized. You know, you're good with names, though, so um. If anybody could, do thank it, you, you're, thank you. Yeah, things. yeah, Brian, yeah. eat a dick. Okay. You heard it. Eat a dick, Brian. <laughs> yeah, that's the only thing Brian has on me. He thinks I'm not. He thinks because just because the fans don't think, the listeners don't think I am good at names. Brian jumps on that bandwagon. They try to beat me up over it. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. That that was. I keep you on for another half hour, but my kid has this uh, skateboarding. Um, it's his, he has skateboarding instructor he normally uses, but then there's this other like super duper fancy skateboarding instructor over the hill. It's like an hour away. And I'm going to take him out there today to meet that guy. He might be like a yeah. pro skater or something. And so like, I want to get them all warmed up because I want to get every dollar's worth out of the, uh, out of the practice today. Dude, I, I would, I would never forgive myself if I caused you to miss or be late for that. Ah, yeah. spoken like a true daddy. <laughs> yeah, man, I like get a, it. Um, yeah. thanks for coming on. Thanks for coming on. Uh, last minute. Hundred percent, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it was a blast. Brian, yeah. is there is there anything you'd like to say to Mister Knifer? Congratulations. It was. Uh, I didn't get a chance to talk to you guys after the games, but it was uh, extremely impressive performance. And I know that you're a big part of of him realizing that, that potential this year. So, well done. Appreciate it, Brian. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Maybe we drag this guy back um, before Adam Neifer before the Open and make it a little more game-centric. I'll try to bite my tongue on asking him questions about his affiliate and shit. I think Dude. they're competing again in a, in two months or so. Yeah, you Rogue are? Is coming up. I mean, I'm not. Rogue is coming up. Justin will be out there again. Yeah. Will you go to that? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So will you go to all the stuff he does? The Wadapaloozas, the Dubaiest of the fittest, the roguest of the fittest, all those? Uh, I mean, that's a good question. I, I Ask your wife. Is she in the room? Just be like, yo, honey, what's your wife's <laughs> she, name, Adam? Lauren. 
Lauren, am I going to those? <laughs> no, seriously, that's how it works. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm not joking. <laughs> no. I'm joking, not joking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that, that is truth right there. So, yeah, uh, I know Lauren, that, I know can that. I have that? Can I have my ATM card back? I want to go to Dubai. No. All right. All right. Just asking. I don't, no I reason don't to get hostile. Dubai, I'm going to Rogue, and uh, that, that's what we got planned. Rogue, for Rogue's now. an easy one. Rogue's an easy yeah, one. Rogue, Rogue's here, and it's uh, yeah, it's close. It's coming up soon. So we'll Listen, see. We'll you, go from there. And you people who want Adam to be a regular, like yesterday, you wanted Laura Horvat to be a regular. Like, like, make up your mind who's going to be the regular. Adam doesn't even have a vagina. We have too many, too many penises on this show. We need some vagina. <laughs> All right, hey man, thank you guys. You guys, uh, he's running yeah. away now. As I put my, she's like, oh shit, I knew the show could get squirrely. Dude, I see you starting to get dressed. I don't know if you weren't wearing pants the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I put my shoes on. You see that? Yeah, I put my shoes like, on. I'm not a regular podcast guy, but that feels like a cue. Like, hey, if he stands up, you don't want to be here. <laughs> All right. Just putting on cool, my guys. nano twos. Just putting on my nano twos. All right, Ryan, Jevning, you can send us to the curb.